government see it from from a ministry perspective? I think the I think the first thing, and, and I want to go here first because I think this is this is kind of a, a bridge between what is it, how does it work, and what are the pitfalls. Yes. And that bridge is, and those, you'll you'll need to speak to this because I I think that I've heard the answer to this, but I don't know for sure. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, joined by my co-host, Aaron Magnuson. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Yeah, so we are going to have a fun conversation about the rage of technology in 2023, and that is chat GPT or open AI. Um, And really, a lot of it is just even... Uh, you know, language-based artificial intelligence. Uh, AI is something that we have heard about for years, but I think all of it is always like, what is AI? How does it work? And now all of a sudden, ChatGPT is like, oh, that's how it works. Like, that's amazing. That's crazy. Um, Aaron, I'm curious your your experience with ChatGPT and maybe even how would you describe what ChatGPT is? Yeah, it's... uh... So my experience with it is there's a lot of conversations at, internally at our at our company, Pray.com, uh, it, with how to use it and how to leverage it and, and not in not anything strategic yet outside of just like I'm seeing more and more people like testing stuff and uh, being and by testing stuff, I mean like, hey, let's um, plug in like this person. And like write an email to this person um, for this reason, right? And so the, I think my one loss here, Nils, and so I'll, I'll represent the audience. I have not myself gone in and played around with it. Uh, so I've been I've been monitoring it. I've been seeing all the people's funny tweets about how pastors are going to be using it. Um, but what, essentially, from from my understanding of how this works and how AI works and how this is different than maybe like a chat bot that we've talked about historically or other versions of AI. This is, this is like the, the 2.0 version of all of that, where you're asking a computer that has access to, I mean, I think it's fair to say the entire internet. So when you're talking, asking it to write on a subject or let's stay in the context of our listeners, if you're asking it, hey, write a sermon on Matthew chapter 16, you know, verse this and that, instantaneously, this software, uh, this AI will start writing a sermon based on every single data point ever, ever on the internet. So not only does it know the scripture, it knows all the different iterations of the scripture. It also has instantaneously ingested all of the commentaries, all of the commentaries on this chapter. And it starts writing a, and it knows what a sermon is because you, it just, because of course it does. It's watched every sermon. It's heard every preacher ever that's preached this. And then it starts writing a message. Now, what gets really eerie about this is it also knows people uh, because it can ingest anything that's on the internet about an individual, their behaviors, their right. So this is where it starts to get a little eerie. But the idea would be that you can use this to respond to emails in your voice 
to do lead generation emails in your voice and as strange as it sounds actually match the person that you're sending it to even if you don't know them because the internet knows them at least to to a certain degree uh, and I think by now most people have some level of a footprint on the internet uh, or on you know digital uh, where they're able to to send the uh, tailor-made things to them with zero effort on your part. Uh, so our team has been, you know, experimenting with this in different capacities. I know um, this might be outside of chat GPT, but another thing that we're, you know, testing is AI generated images yeah. uh, for some of our social graphics versus stuff that we're finding off of Subsplash or, you know, handmade what we think would be good versus an AI generated uh, image and to no surprise, the AI generated images are performing better uh, when we're doing some A/B testing on social. And I think we can probably Nils. I think this is going to be a year where we're just actually probably giving a lot of information out around this, and it's certainly something that's taken uh, the internet by storm. Is this Chat GPT and any iteration? Because they're, they're not the only ones. They're probably the most common or most household name, if, if you could yes. say that. Um, but yeah, Nils, I'm, I'm curious if, if one, if I uh, accurately describe that, two, uh, what you would add in uh, to to everything I just said. Yeah, I th well, I think you described it really well. I I think too, and what the conversation I want to develop or, or have is what's the good and the bad of this technology, yes. and how should church leaders approach it? But I think it is like as as we're learning how it works and what it can do, um, just like so many other technologies. Until we're starting to use it, we we can't even begin to fathom what it can do. Right. Uh, but but I think what what is amazing is what it actually can do with what we've experimented with so far. So I you know I I've tested a bunch of different things, it, and even the graphic design part you know that you're talking about is fascinating. Where you know somebody was showing me for like a sermon sermon series graphic of like create a you know a a graphic of you know, Paul cutting off the man's ear or Peter cutting off the man's ear yeah. uh, in a Van Gogh style art painting. And in about 30 seconds, it created that, you know, like illustration. Um, and it was amazing. Or, you know, I, I asked it to uh, write a, a short play uh, for a dad and a 10-year-old daughter in New York City about going to Central Park. And it created in about 30 seconds a play that my daughter and I could act out. Uh, and it was literally did you, like... Did you act it out? That's that's what the people want to know. We kind of did. We didn't. Fall out. We <laughs> You're like, out. wait a second. This is literally what we do every single day. How, how did it know? How did it know? Well, so then my daughter was like, can it do my homework for me? That's where she went. And it was like, so literally it was like, write a, uh, write a, a, a 200 word essay about the American revolution for an eighth grader. And my daughter's like, well, dad, I'm in seventh grade. And, and, and I'm like, but you want it to sound like an eighth grade. Right. Sure enough. <laughs> It did. It wrote it. And she's like, oh, the Smith yeah, household crazy. is a dangerous place to be. Every teacher's worst <laughs> nightmare is the Smith's household. But it's crazy what this technology can right. do. Um, and so I think that that, you know, we, we as we look at it, it's like, wow, like, can it write sermons? Can it 
do this? Can it create yes. graphics? Can it replace yes. the place our graphic designers? Can it edit videos? Can it like what can it do that that we haven't thought of? And like, um, I just it's it's hard. Uh, it, it's overwhelming to think about. And then it's like, is this going to replace jobs? And is this going to like cause other problems? So, Aaron, it's it's still like, what is it? And and I think if I probably were, were to compare it to another technology innovation, to me, um, it's it's probably more like search than it is social media. Um, and it's, yeah. so it's really when Google entered the picture of, we approached the World Wide Web of, we'd have to go navigate the web to find what we're looking through, through basically a series of clicks. And, and then search was basically like, okay, it knew where everything is. And so if we just learn how to search the right keywords, we could find what we're looking for, where this is now, and it so it aggregated all of that data. So this is now doing that of, can you not just search, but can then you, can you organize your search of all this data into this package? And so just as we have learned how to use search most effectively to find, you know, what we're looking for, just like even how we learn how to search YouTube videos to find what we're looking for. Um, we we are going to learn in, in, in the chat GPT language prompts is the language that they're using of what prompts do you need to learn how to give chat GPT to get to then output um, information or organize information that's going to then make, you know, help you in some way. Um, and so we'll see what, how that develops and and the technology is this is like basically version one of this now behind the scenes there's many versions but this is like the first version that is useful as i see it um and it's really useful really fast but it's only going to become more and more useful so the sooner we learn how to integrate it um and find value in it then the better prepared we're going to be for it so Aaron, though, let's let's just go ahead and address the the negatives of it. Like, what yeah. what are the pitfalls to uh, to Chat GPT and AI technology as you see it from from a ministry perspective? I think the I think the first thing, and, and I want to go here first because I think this is this is kind of a a bridge between what is it, how does it work, and what are the pitfalls? Yes. And that bridge is, and you'll, you'll need to speak to this, because I, I think that I've heard the answer to this, but I don't know for sure. The, the reality is, this isn't a robot that created itself. Chat GPT and AI technology is still ties back to a human. Somebody created this thing, meaning, meaning this, it has some bias still. Is am I off base here, or, or am I correct? In that there was still decisions made by a human for how this technology functions, meaning there is a bias in how it's going about answering your questions. Is that true, or is that false? I I think it's uh, I I don't know I don't know uh, I, I think there is a level of truth, because, but it's but it it isn't. It's a bias based on the opinions that exist on the internet, based on the data they're able to pull. Hmm. But it's it's not, I think at the end of the day, it's I think it's important to see technology as, as uh, agnostic. So okay. 
technology even, doesn't. But this doesn't. is where it gets blurry, right? Then this is the first time where it's it's most because because yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying, but I think this is like the first time, even more so than social media, because that was still being at least what's presented, the output of social media is still from people. Yes. Now, what you see, there's some, like, how was the algorithm? Some A human created that, right? Like, but this is actually producing thing. This is like the 2.0 version of that. Mm -hmm. In search, the, the, the outcomes that are coming to you is still based off of, you know, some data, blah, blah, blah. But um, as far as something not being agnostic, this is like the first time it could feel like, man, does this robot have a bias? <laughs> and I think that's, it's, I think it's different than search and social media. And maybe that's just perception because it's new, but it's still, it feels different uh, this time where it's like, yeah, I think it's 99% agnostic, but what about that 1% that is not agnostic about how it's writing and what it's presenting? And because we don't, because there's still a mystery of like, you know, it pulled from the whole internet but how does the internet skew and the contributors to the internet? Is there a bias based on who's had the ability to, and, and this is a whole rabbit trail, but I would say this Nils is probably one of the first, as far as like a, the people we're talking to, do I really want this to write my sermon for me? Uh, or do I just want to take some of the ideas because I don't know where this came from? Yeah. Well, and, and so, yeah, I, I think it, the, the unknown of where, the aggregated information comes from is is definitely a, a concern. And so I think that that will become more known over time. Yeah. Um, but but I think it it is that that definitely needs to be a flag because even when we prepare, you know, as I think about sermon preparations, that's probably where a lot of people are going to immediately. And and you basically pick and choose. Am I gonna gonna pull from this, you know, um you know, the, these books, you know, from these authors with this theology, or am I going to pull from these books with this theology? And, um, and, and, and I think different people have different opinions, but, but I do think that this is where, from my perspective, technology is going to be, we're going to be able to basically say, uh, and in some ways basically create our own AI tool of like, look, I just want to, and I want to eliminate any information Ooh. from say Rob Bell. Does that make sense in into the sermon? Or I want to eliminate anything from Dallas Willard uh, yeah. because I disagree with their stance on this, and I don't want that insight into my yeah. sermon preparation. And so we'll be able to basically define like I want it from a reformed theology, or I want it from a charismatic, yeah. you know, uh, perspective, and I want it maybe from a King James version, you know, scripture references. Uh, so I do think we'll actually, because the technology in and of itself is agnostic, but I do think it's a flack, at least maybe people earning, sure. you know, using it too quickly of like, hey, are we going to get lazy in our uh, theological development? I do think it actually can expedite some of our research, but I think we've got to be cautious uh, with the theology. So I think that's a, a pretty significant flack of the theology. The, the other thing I, I think that I want I want to bring up is um, what is jobs, you know, and, and yes. purpose tied to this. And, and this is a bigger picture than just how it integrates into the church. But I think that a lot of jobs are going to be replaced because of this technology. And I think people have seen this in like robotics and certain technologies of like, look, we're going to have self-driving cars and trucks, and we're going to have 
Um, yep. You know, we already have Amazon warehouses, that move, so it's replacing certain jobs. But now we're replacing copywriters, graphic designers, and some of these creative jobs. Like literally, we're gonna watch movies in the future or cartoons and like our kids are gonna watch cartoons in the future that were written by AI that were then just animated by AI and yeah, literally yeah. just it's all automated and so that's going to eliminate the writers and the designers and the you know motion graphic artists and um and so there's a lot of jobs that are going to be replaced and when people's jobs are replaced their purpose their meaning uh is often right. been hurt you know so I think even from a pastoral perspective we're going to need to understand, you know, how do we help uh, shepherd people, care for people when their livelihoods are being taken away. And a good friend of mine is a graphic designer, runs a graphic design company, and he is basically shutting it down because he's like, I can't keep up with the prices anymore. And honestly, AI graphic design is better than what my team is doing anyway. So I'd even rather use that. So I can't even justify having this business. And that's happening in 2023. Um, and so it's it's hard to say where that's going to go. Um, yeah, so that's that's a significant problem I see developing out of this as well. Yeah, and and, uh, and us need to be prepared to, to, to steward that. You know, so I'm curious, even in these early stages, are, are you able to tell that this was written by AI? And do you think future generations like your daughters, like my kids, are in the same way that we can tell, okay, I went on YouTube, I searched, I am not going to watch these five videos, even though they've been presented to me, because I, I just have a feeling, you know, this is not like, like um, our generation is very search savvy, whereas we have my grandparents that are still clicking on those text messages that they're getting, uh, from they think their grandkid that's saying, help me fund this link. And they click on the link, right? Where there's just like a, oh no, that's spam. Like our spam radars have gotten way better over, but I'm sitting here being the old guy now. Yeah. Thinking, are we going to be able to tell the difference between a deep fake AI video and audio and even like documentation in terms of like, the, like our teachers going to be able to tell when, an eighth grade paper was written by chat GPT turned in by uh, one of the Smith daughters or, you know, and so it, it makes me think about like the jobs where the pendulum, I'm already thinking about how the pendulum could swing of like, no, we're in, in the, the closest comparison. And I apologize for anybody that's living out, outside of America, but I think about like the pride we take in American made. We did not outsource this uh, and like human made by humans. Or humans made by humans uh, is going like, and there's going to be indicator. There's got to be some indicators, but I'm wondering if you have the side-by-side stuff. Um, can you, can you tell the difference in this V1? Cause I know in V5, you're probably not going to be able to tell, but version one, can you tell the difference? You know, what, what I understand is that chat GPT is actually documenting everything they distribute and, you know, you will be able to then see, is this word for word, you know, taken from chat GPT or where, where was this, uh, you know, so it's some ways, even files that are generated or graphics that are created, there's going to be like some kind of like, almost like a watermark type of situation with the files. But, um, and, and I do think we're going to have things like that, like similar to what you're saying of, this was made by humans, just like we often have, even like this is handcrafted, where there, exactly. I think about it in like cigars. People want it like a hand rolled cigar. Well, there's yep. a side of me that's like, 
yeah, but the robot actually does a better job than the human. And yeah. so I'd rather pay half the price and get the machine rolled than the imperfect human rolled. And so are we really going to like care that much if something is done better uh, by a robot? Because it's often like we look at cartoons done by a man. It's like, yeah, I think I actually like the robot version better um, <laughs> yeah. because it's just better. And and I think at the end of the day, this is this is the tension with new technology of like, look, progress is a good thing um, if managed well. And so there are downsides to the progress. And, and so that's, you know, I think Aaron, even as we pivot this conversation to the positives, um, it's, it's looking at progress, like the internet. We, when we saw the internet and I say, we, I'm talking Christians in the church, we're often like, man, that's a place for pornography. That's yeah. a place where bad things happen. And then it was like, but I guess we should have a website, you know, and, and we'd kind of like battle, like, but if we have a website, are we supporting pornography? Um, and the answer is no, like it, we're just basically using the tools that, that are in front of us. And luckily now there are more things on the internet than pornography. Uh, that was just one of the first primary uses of the internet. And then, and then we saw things like social media and it's like, this is bad. And this is a problem. And then it's like, oh, but it actually can help us really solve our, it. There are problems, uh, but it also can solve a lot of problems. And and so with new technologies, and, and then you see it too with like calculators, you know, calculators were like, you shouldn't use calculators in school because you need to learn math. And now it's like, well, when do I do math? I just use my, cal like at the end of the day, it was better to educate on how to use a calculator than yeah. educate it now. It, it conceptually, I get it. Uh, and I think education is, is a process. But at the end of the day, like, I hope my kids' school teaches them how to use ChatGPT more than discourages them from using That's it. Right. Uh, because this is this is just a part of, like, we have to learn how to create good prompts for this technology and how to use it to accomplish our goals. So as I think about churches uh, and how they can begin to use ChatGPT now or AI now, is the first thing I think about is in message prep. And so in like, literally, you can tell this, create an outline, you know, uh, for a sermon about Romans chapter three, um, you know, yeah, and that's it. And, or you can, you know, create a series of prompts to clarify like how you want that to be organized. And it could literally give you a full transcript. It could give you a, uh, or even a sermon for youth, you know, for teenagers between 13 and 18 years old about, you know, uh, the dangers of pornography. Uh, and it it really, I think, can help us in our message prep. And we just use it as part of our research, not replacing our research and not writing our sermons fully for us, but helping us in our sermon preparation right. uh, and creating efficiency there. In the same way that the search bar impacted your sermon prep. Yes. Instead of just having to buy the commentary from one person, uh, which you didn't throw those out, a pastor who's listening to this. I'm sure you didn't. It's on your book. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, it's probably on the bookshelf behind you, right? It's yes. still there. Uh, and you still crack that thing open. I mean, I think about the, the pastors that I've worked for in previous seasons, right? Lit books littered over their desk with sermon prep, whether it's whether it's actually a commentary or whether it's just a book that they're reading. But this is another added tool that will instantaneously, I'm even thinking, Nils, I, I don't know if this if this is a thing with chat GPT. This is, this is telling me that I need to go play with it in the same way that our audience does. Um, but like what, what topics, I, I'm thinking about like what 
gosh, what sermon series should we do? Or what should I, you know, <clears throat> and even getting inspiration on speaking to felt the felt needs of, of the time and season where you're like yeah. in this area, you know, I don't know if you can search for, if it's going to tell you what's trending or searches, uh, you know, highest search results, but um, thinking about like, this is more of what needs to be talked about. And my voice needs to be, or maybe there is a topic that you're just always going to talk about, uh, whether if it, whether it's a, a topic that everyone's searching for or not, and getting more information and insight onto ways that you can address that, ways yeah. that you can, you know, talk about anxiety, ways that you can talk about, um, you know, what might be going on in your city or, or area. But yeah, sermon prep in a valuable way, uh, I, and the reason I was thinking about that, Nils, I'm glad you went there. Uh, and, and then I'm, I'm curious what, what some of those other positives are that you see. I remember um, my first pastor, we had him on the podcast, uh, James uh, Carmichael, and he handed me, um, he wanted me to read a, a, a systematic theology uh, book, right? Uh, and he handed me another book that had, you know, a whole, whole bunch of stuff in there. Um, and he's like, so I used to use this now I use the internet, but I want, but I want you to read this book. <laughs> I want you to have it. Like, I want you to understand it through reading it. But he's like, but now we use the internet. I don't have to use like this physical dictionary for per se, uh, or this the thesaurus, right? I, I use the internet. Um, and, but it's an additive. It's not uh, something that's replaced anything. And it's not necessarily good or bad. It's agnostic. It's just another way to get more insight to enrich your sermon your message what you're trying to communicate yeah what and i think about you know when i was in seminary i used logos bible software and it was a cd rom i put in my computer every all the data that logos had was on that cd um and then yeah. they moved to a browser base that get had so much more access to more data to help in message preparation and and i'm curious with that software in particular which is such a valuable tool to so many pastors how they're going to integrate ai if they haven't already um in in helping because i just think that this technology is going to help so much uh when it comes to comes to message preparation um and organizational and thoughtfulness uh tied to that so i think that's huge the the, the second thing is um, I see, I see a lot when it comes to administration stuff. So I think about like create a policy, create a social media policy for our church volunteers. Um, and what will that create? And and what it will often probably create is not something perfect, but something that is basically a policy that you can then edit and make it fit better for your church. Uh, or I think about things like create a media release policy for our youth camp uh you know this summer and it you know has all of these like media release things that they just bring the best of into one document for you so i think the administrative side is going to be huge of of being able to just help basically the assistant is the right word here where like assist you with your administrative needs uh quickly without you having to like let me go see if i can google and find a form and then copy it and paste and edit it, it actually does that for you. And then you just refine it. That's right. So Nils, I'm gosh, so many questions on, on GPT. Uh, I do think that these are the, these are the, these are the best ways that I see to leverage it. I would not go out and fire your graphic designer. Yeah. Um, please don't do that. Uh, <laughs> I would, because the other thing I'm wondering is if, if, 
if ChatGPT is documenting all these things, right, as being produced by them, there, I, I'm going to make the assumption that they're not doing that for the humanitarian reason of like, this was created by a robot, so nobody's confused. We don't want the liability. I'm going to venture the bet that everything we're doing is still owned by them. And we are actually building their database. Yes. Would, would you say that, that, that that's probably a fair, a fair assumption that what everything that's being created with ChatGPT, we as humans are creating for the owners of ChatGPT? Yeah, 100%. And they say that if you're not the... Uh, if you're not the client, you're the product, or I forget the language people use, but at the end of the day, if it's free, people are using you uh, to be sold to. Now, what's interesting as they've interviewed the founder of ChatGPT is, is they're losing $3 million a day, uh, primarily just because there's so much data that they're having to hold and process uh, through all of these prompts, you know, that their, you know, engine responds to. And what he said is that because people have asked him, what's your what's your business model? How are you going to make money on this? And he said, well, we want to just build the AI good enough so that we can ask it what the best business model should be for it to make money. And it's like, wow, like that's what's happening is it's that smart and going to be that smart. Well, they actually just un unveiled their first revenue stream. And, you know, I think they're charging $20 a month. Uh, and you kind of, because right now, if you try to log into ChatGPT about half the time, it's full, you know, there's not, you know, there's not, it's, yeah, uh, you're not able to get on. So if you have a subscription, you automatically move to the front of the line of accessing. So you always have access. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what's happening. It's, this is leadership decision-making, executive decision-making. And we think about how many decisions we often have to make it a day. Well, this is going to make a lot of decisions for us based on a ton of data um, that that's being aggregated and probably better decisions uh, because of all the data. And, and like our minds are limited. This system, the limitations are becoming less and less. Um, right. And so it is, it is developing way faster than our minds ever can. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is mind blowing um what what this can do and where where it is going um yeah yeah and i, I maybe, maybe we should end with this uh nils because this is wild we're we're geeking out about it right we're excited but i i've noticed this over the course of our conversation as a listener i i hope that you've picked up on this as well not this is this is new and different but it's not new and different yeah. Like we've had this, we just didn't have a podcast to document it, right? We've had this reaction yes. to every advancement in technology and yes. every advancement in technology has hurt the world. And it has also advanced ministry yes. um, and given us an opportunity as church leaders and as Christians to do better ministry. Um, and so I let Nils and I be your guides, uh, right through, through this new season, but, um, it's, it's not new in yes. terms of what we're experiencing and how the transition goes. It is not new. How the, the way we can make it new is maybe how quickly we adopt in the posture we have towards this new innovation yes. and let's not be fearful, but let's go in strong, aggressively, uh, wisely, 
and let's bring leadership to the space of chat GPT totally. um, instead so Aaron, of reactive 10 years late. Yes, 100%. And I've got an announcement I don't think I've shared with you uh, yet, uh, but I want to share it with our listeners. Uh, so I had a friend reach out to me who is a genius uh, software engineer in the secular space. Uh, he actually used to be the head of product for uh, Digital Marketer. And he uh, wow. he he said, I would love to create uh, an AI platform for pastors and ministry leaders, um, but I'll only do it if if you'll find pastors who will use it. Um, so I'm working with him. And it's one of the things that we want to do uh, through this podcast is connect, you yes, know, yeah. ministry leaders to good technology. And so uh, so the product and the platform is not ready yet. Um, I don't know when it will be ready, uh, but I, I don't think it will be that long um, right. based on what some of the things he's already done uh, in his, you know, uh, you know, secular job. And so um, so we we've set up a website at ministryassistant.io uh, where you can go and basically be the first to know uh, when this platform. So you're not signing up for anything. Uh, when you sign up, you're just basically signing up to to basically know when uh, it's it's going to be available and get more information on that. So I can't tell you exactly what it's going to look like. I can't tell you, you know, but uh, based on this conversation today uh, and where I've seen technology going, um, I'm really excited about what, what you know, my friend is developing and what I think, uh, how that's going to be well-structured for church leaders. Uh, but this is so new uh, and this is a way to be kind of on the front edge of this. And, and yeah. I'm going to make sure that it's going to be at a price point that is affordable uh, yes. for for church leaders uh, to 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 maximize uh, the opportunities without hesitation uh, or anxiety or fear of you know wh- where is this data coming from uh, and how is it right. being used. So so that's coming. So go to ministryassistant.io uh, and and get on that list uh, to be the first to know. So that's uh, Aaron. I, had I have I shared that with you? Is that news to you? Uh, I, I I think I think you dropped something about that because we were talking about something else that okay. we'll announce very soon but yeah. uh it's it's exciting uh we kind of we kind of feel like thanos a little bit uh <laughs> we're, we're 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 gonna be coming out with something for web one yes you already know we got web two locked and loaded with yes. uh amplify who produces yes. this podcast our team uh if you have any interest or need in that area our team can address that so we have web 1 covered with some some announcements that we haven't made yet we have web 2 covered that we 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 stay covering web 2 social media church podcast right and then now we're going to have web 3 covered so we have all the webs and all the iterations all of the web covered this is where you would want to be this is what and we and we're going to and, and and at the end of the day we, we where we see gaps we're going to fill those gaps but where we see opportunities that's why we're going to bring people on this podcast of there are great uh, people, all, others filling those gaps and companies and technologies that we want to connect you to. So that's what we're doing here. Um, we Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, you can get the show notes uh, for this podcast. You can get other podcasts, everything, socialmedia.church, uh, and connect with us to reach out to us, connect with us uh, on social media. You'll find our handles in our bios uh, there on the Social Media Church website. Go to socialmedia.church for all those things, and we will talk to you again on the next episode.